the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Welcome to the Combat Cast with a man called Dave Chevaruni. All right, everybody. We're ready to talk some fights. But before we get into last week's fights, Chevaruni, tell me what we got coming up. All right, July 2nd is going to be International Fight Week. That's UFC 276 Adesanya versus Cannoneer. The co-main event on that card is Holloway versus Volkanovski 3. So we're all super hyped for that one. Then we're going to have July 9th. We'll be previewing UFC Fight Night. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Faziv. That, that should be a great fight. Two very evenly matched stand-up guys, so... And then July 16th, we got UFC Fight Night Ortega versus Yaya Rodriguez. That's uh, another great matchup. That's going to be the shit right there. I am very excited for that fight. Yaya are constantly showing improvement. Ortega always improving, too. And they're typically in the top four. I mean, basically, it's like Holloway and Volkanovski. And then Ortega, I consider the next best right automatically. But I feel like Yair is like right there too. Like I feel like he is legit probably the number four guy. Yeah, I'm really hoping that Brian, you know, I like both guys. I, I like Yair a little bit less these days due to his out of the ring stuff. But I, I'm really hoping that Brian goes back to his roots with his jujitsu. He's been kind of falling in love with his striking lately. This isn't the guy that he wants to strike with. He's going to get pieced up. So I think on the ground, he has a huge advantage. So hopefully he tries to take it there. Yeah, I think he's a guy that he could probably hang a little bit with the strike on the air, but I don't think you don't want to do that. That's not the way. That's not the easiest path to victory. No, no, no you're yeah. going to make it difficult. Don't do that. Yeah. Mix it up. <laughs> All right, let's talk about last week's fights. And before we even get into like the main card, the fucking prelims <laughs> on the this whole show. card was phenomenal. It was crazy. Like I was getting home late, and I'm here. Oh, finish, 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 finish. Like Cody Stamen, TKO on Eddie Wineland, first round. I mean, I think Eddie Wineland fired. Yeah. So bantamweight action. Phil Hawes, Deron Win, TKO. Poor Deron Win. He's struggling right now. Roman Dozozide, he got a finish. I'm just looking at some of the finishes here. Ricardo Ramos spinning back elbow. Yeah, um, dirty. Germ- was it dirty? Not dirty as in oh. cheating, but oh, okay. as in that shit was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> Sorry, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Wells KO'd Court McGee. Court's been around for a while. So those were all just on the prelims. And then I want to talk this first one on a catchweight here. Adrian Yans versus Tony Kelly. Adrian Yans. This was not on my radar at all. Oh, my God, this guy. I love 
the way he was striking in this. I thought he was fantastic. Oh, he's Great looked goodness. amazing lately. Yeah. I just want to see out of curiosity. What is Adrian Yance too? He's 16 and three. Oh man, that's like it's been a while since he's lost too. He's like on a eight, nine fight win streak or something here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It wasn't that long ago that Sean O'Malley called Yanez out. So I know that Yanez said he'd like to get that fight next, but I don't sure. think that's gonna happen. I think O'Malley's too far ahead of him. Obviously, he's I think he has a fight against Pedro Munoz. So sure. I think Yanez is gonna have to fight somebody else first like Frankie Edgar, Ricky Simone or something. And then depending on where Shane ends up after his fight, you know, maybe they can fight, but I think that's a great matchup striking wise between them. Yeah. I love the style, the style of that fight, but yeah, I think you're right. Especially if O'Malley loses this weekend, or I don't know not this weekend, but I think it's on a pay-per-view coming up though, but probably if O'Malley loses like that fight. Then yeah, then maybe he's got a shot at that fight. But if O'Malley wins, like no, he's, he's getting- only going up. Yeah. Gregory Rodriguez, he knocked out one of our favorites, Julian Marcos, TKO, middleweight. Rodriguez looked impressive here. Yeah, he's so powerful. He's, you know, this great jujitsu wizard, but he's stand up. He's just so powerful with his punches. So I think he's a problem in the division for sure. Maybe he fights like a Chris Weidman or a Tavares next or something like that. Demir Ismulagov, he got a victory. This was one of those fights that went decision. I won't comment too much on this because we're trying to get to a lot of stuff here this weekend. So I'll go right into Joaquin Buckley. I thought this was a really good performance from him against a guy, Albert Duov, who I thought looked dangerous going into this fight for him with a wrestling and everything. And Buckley gets the TKO doctor stoppage. Yeah, he fucked up his eye. Yeah. I think it was a second round stoppage. So yeah, good no. for him. Maybe he gets a top 15 guy next, a Shabazian or something like that. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. And then we got welterweight. This is one we were excited about. Kevin Holland versus Tim Means. Darce Choke, round two, one of your favorite submissions. Holland, I thought, though, this was the most serious-looking performance I've ever seen out of him in terms of his striking, in terms of his submission on the ground. Like, Tim Means is a guy that if he took lightly, especially, even if he didn't take lightly, he's been a veteran, he's been around, Tim puts on some good performances, and he knows the way around there. And I thought, okay, like, this is not a layup at all. But... Holland just looked like on another level. He looked like he was more serious, like I said, than I've ever seen him before. Great performance. Super impressed with Holland. This is that kind of performance where I'm looking at him and I go, this guy could be a champion someday. Yeah, his rounding out his game, putting it all together. Yeah, I thought Tim Means was going to pose much more of a problem, but he didn't. And we have been seeing a lot of Darces lately. Always glad to see another one. So good on that. I saw Holland calling out Nate Diaz online. Hmm. You know, maybe Holland's mouth is big enough to get him that fight. Might you know, I, th- I think Nate would online anyway. He says he wants to fight anyone he can to just get out of his contract. So that's a fight I'd like to see for sure. I think that's a good matchup. Yeah, I, do. I, I agree too. Definitely. I really like that matchup for Holland, but it's not like stylistically like that's the kind of fight for Nate. Someone's going to strike and it's not like Holland's jujitsu is necessarily going to be better than Nate Diaz. No, definitely um, not. Yeah, so, yeah, stylistically, it's an interesting fight for Nate, too. Unless the UFC is just looking to make sure, you know, Nate doesn't get a win. I'm not saying that Nate will beat Holland. I actually favor Holland. But it's a fight that Nate maybe could pull off. Whereas I sometimes, like, I wonder if UFC's like, yeah, yeah, you got Hazmat. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like Nate's not going to, he doesn't want to take a fight that's a guaranteed loss. So right. I, I think that's what the holdup is, really. He keeps saying he'll fight whoever. But, you he know. wants someone that's going to stylistically at least kind of, 
try to bring it to him on the feet. That that's yeah. Holland though. Holland probably would do that. Right. And then final main event, Josh Emmett versus Calvin Cater. My life was taking its toll on me here. I was getting a little tired by this point. I had passed out, but I got fighting tonight. So big win for Josh Emmett. What did you think? Super close, split decision. I saw a lot of people were upset with the decision. I could see it going either way, but I, I think this probably was called the right way. I thought even though Emmett's face looked all beat up, he really landed the heavier shots on Cater. Every time he hit him, he was literally moving cater around the ring so you know good for josh emmett i think he probably fights the loser of the ortega and yair fight and then maybe cater can he can fight like i don't know uh, bryce mitchell or something like that or uh, get a korean zombies last fight or something i I, you know he'll be back it was a tough fight it was really close his head movement i don't think was there he just didn't look like he was on his best game that night yeah and for parts I saw before I passed out, uh, Emmett to me just looked like he had the more effective power shots, which yeah. is kind of something I saw going away. Emmett just had more strength. And stylistically, he seemed like a tough matchup for Cater in that regard. But I mean, you know, Cater, like he had his jab going and everything like that, but maybe it's just also not visually as impressive to the judges in that situation. Too. I-, I saw, uh, I can't remember who I uh, was listening to now, but. As somebody was talking about if Cater had incorporated some leg kicks, that would have helped keep Emmett off of him and reduce his power. So that might have been a good game plan, but we don't see Cater doing leg kicks too often. And I think he was worried about the takedown. So that might have been another reason why he wasn't implementing them. Yeah, it might be time to incorporate that. Yeah, I often thought Cater has is a really good boxer. Right. And, you know, he incorporates some of the stuff you can't do in boxing, like elbows and in the clinch and stuff like that. But yeah, maybe round out that game a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you're not going to listen to me. Let's go on to this weekend's fight night card. We got, we're going to talk a little Bellator and PFL this week, too. But we also got another little segment we're going to do at the end. So let's get right to the more UFC action. We got this weekend kicking off the fight night card. Chris Curtis. There's going to be a lot of names I struggle here with Chevy. Rodolfo Vieira. Adolfo. Adolfo. I like that. Let's go with that. Adolfo Vieira, who has got so many jiu-jitsu titles when I'm looking at this. So with many. a name like Adolfo, yeah, you know, he's he's a jiu-jitsu wizard. <laughs> he's had one performance of the night in the UFC. Um, his grappling record. Oh, well, this is fucking ridiculous. Wait, what is his grappling record? It's like he's had 110 fights. <laughs> this is insane. 68 submissions, 31 decisions in his win. Wow, man. 100 wins, only nine. That's just a, this is a grappling machine. He's 8-1 overall MMA. He did get submitted in the UFC by an Anthony Hernandez. I feel like I remember hearing about that, and that was a big upset at the time because of the way the Anyone can get caught, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he's coming off a victory. Renick choke, no surprise. Seven submission wins, including one KO in his career. He's taken on Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a guy who's been around for a while, had some fights in Bellator, PFL. He's 28 and 8. He's 2 and 0 in UFC. And he's basically, he's capitalized. He's, he's getting his chance, you know, to fight now after having already, you know, 30 something fights in the UFC. And he's doing well. He's taking advantage of it. He's looking impressive. So impressive. In fact, I'm going to say, unless this goes to the ground, I like him in this. I like his ability to stand up. I'm going to go with Curtis. I'm going to say he finishes him too. I'm going to say round two TKO. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing. I think it'll be a decision, but I, I think Curtis is going to use his experience. You know, he's seen all the submissions in his 30 something fights. 
So I think he'll be safe enough, be able to get back to his feet if the fight gets taken down and he'll win a decision. I agree. I'm looking at this next guy's name here. Here's another one. Umar Nurmagomedov, who is 14 and 0. Looks like he's coming off of one you were saying too, over Brian Kellner. They're getting ready to take on Nate Maines. Nate Maines held plenty of regional titles. He's 14 and 1, five KOs, three subs, six decisions. I'm going to go with Nurmagomedov. <laughs> Almost just by name alone. <laughs> and plus, I mean, 14 and 0, never lost. I like this chances. I'll say uh, decision. I'm going to say he wins ground and pound round two. Not too much argument here. Not a lot of stuff on this card that I'm super interested in. Next, we had Tuago Moises versus Cristo Diagos. Let's see. Diagos is 19 and 9. He's got seven knockouts, four decisions. Tiago's 15 and 6, three KOs, six subs, six decisions. Not a lot to go on here. I'll go with Tiago, second round TKO. I think we're going to get a boring decision. I think it could go either way. I'm going to go with Tiago, though, but boring decision. All right. Then we got Josh Parison? Parison? Parison. Yeah, Josh Parison. 14 and 5, 10 KOs, two subs, two decisions against Allen Badat. He's 8, 3, and 1, seven KOs, and one disqualification win. So all his wins have never gone to decision here. It looks like. Actually, no, I think that disqualification win was actually overturned by a promoter, which is very rare on a regional circuit. So, so 8, 3, and 1, seven KOs. I don't know. The other guy's got more fights. I'll go with Allen. I'll go with Allen, and I'll go decision this time. Three rounds. I'm going to go with Josh, first round KO heavyweights you know this is true yeah so this could be a, like if it goes my way it's gonna be a boring decision next fight i'm actually interested in this one at least neil magni versus shakavat rakamanov rakamanov i'm sorry i'm saying that one right rakam rakamanov rakamanov <laughs> all right he's 15 and 0 he's got eight ko's and seven subs he's three and 0 in the ufc this guy sounds very dangerous against neil magni now neil magni though Let's bring up some of this guy's credentials here. This guy's 26 and 8, 7 knockouts, 3 subs, 16 decisions. All right, so he's definitely a guy that will go to decision. He wins by a lot of volume. He's tied Roger Herta and Kevin Holland for most wins in the calendar year before, 5. He's had most wins, most decision wins in UFC history. And he's tied with George St. Pierre for most wins in UFC welterweight history. So... I mean, besides, you know, a lot of fight at night and performance night bonuses too. Like he's just a guy that stays active and he's willing to fight anybody. So this is a great test for Rakamanov. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck this guy's name up the whole time, but uh, basically, I don't think Neil's gonna win this one though. This guy seems too dangerous. We'll see what happens. I- I'm pulling for a guy like Magni because he's just got that blue collar work ethic and want to take on anybody. But I'm gonna go Shavavkat. That's what I'm gonna call him, Shavavkat, and I'm gonna say he does a three round TKO, round and pound. So it seems like Neil Magny gets wobbled in every single one of his fights, but not finished on the feet. Yes. But he definitely has weaknesses when it comes to jujitsu. And this in this Rachmanov is dangerous everywhere. So I kind of see him rocking. He's super powerful. I see him rocking Magny on the feet and then taking him down and submitting him. I hope that doesn't happen because, like you said, I'm a fan of Neil I'd love to see him, even if it's a boring decision, you know, grind this one out and get the win. But I think he's going to get subbed pretty early, probably round one. Now, how about you kick us off here? Maybe take the names here for these guys in the main event. <laughs> well, I just know Sarukian and Gamrot. So I, I didn't write down there. Okay, I'll, I'll take over. So Sarukian is 18 and two. 
Seven KOs, five subs, six decision. He's had fight of the night before and a performance of the night twice. And Gamot, Gamrot is 21 and one, seven KOs, five subs, eight decisions, performance of the night twice, fight of the night. And as I told you afterwards, he holds the record for the fastest Kimura in UFC history. 65 seconds over Jeremy Stevens. No slouch, Jeremy Stevens. So no, 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 not at all. So who do you like first? Let me see. Let's take it off to you here. I'm gonna go with Sarukian. I don't know if you remember this, and I believe this is correct. Sarukian fought on one of Islam's cards. They had a fight mm. in Dagestan or whatever years ago, and Islam won, but it was a close fight. So they were calling each other out or whatever. So I remember he dominated his fight and then called out Islam again. So I'm going to go with Sarukian. I think you're going to see a lot of ground and pound in this fight. And, and Gamrot might get beat up a bit. Uh, I'm going to say round three TKO. He's going to okay. see a lot of wrestling. And when he's in positions, he'll unload on the ground. But I'm going to agree with that. Anyone that can fight islam and have that much of a war that's got to be somebody who's really good because i'm kind of having this i'm having a little bit of a flashback to this fight right now too so like we said gamera is no slouch on a submission game but my guess is he's not going to be getting a submission tonight so if it's going on the feet i'll go with sakaron sarukian sarukian thank you <laughs> so sarukian all right that was one of the worst Times I've ever had with names, and I've had some bad ones. Let's just just move on. (laughs) John Anik, I am not. Let's talk about this Bellator card, because we're going to be at this thing live Friday night. I'm excited. Looks like the main card is going to crick off with Brandon Ward against Cassis Kanye. Cassis Kane, I think. Cassis Kane, 12 and 7, taking on Brendan Ward, who's 15 and 6. Brendan Ward, local guy from Connecticut, former guest of the show, Sean Shamrock, was a big fan of his. And Brendan Ward has had some finishes in Bellator. He's going to be in his backyard. I'm going to say this is looking like a Brendan Ward win. You never know, but I'm going to say second round, TKO. Yeah, I think the hometown crowd is going to help Brendan, and and I'm seeing him getting, I'll go with second round, TKO. He likes fireworks. Yeah, Magomed Magomedov, who's 18 and 2 against uh, Enrique Bar- Barzola. This is from the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Barzola is 18 and 5, and Magomedov is 18 and 2. I like people with the last name Magomedov. Bantamweight Grand Prix. I'm going to go Magomedov. And I'll say this one's going to be a decision. Yeah, I'm thinking the exact same thing decision, but I think he's going to dominate for the decision we got another brandway grand prix so we'll treat for us tonight leonardo higo who's 21 and 5 versus danny sabatella who's 12 and 1 i've actually seen this sabatella kid a few times i like his chances i'm gonna go sabatella tko but round three i think he's gonna finish him early like violent you know spinning elbow or flying knee or something first round i like it I hope so. I hope we're having yeah, some uh, fireworks here. Now, main event, Gegard Mousasi, middleweight championship. He is 49 wins, seven losses, two draws. And he's taken on Johnny Eblen. I don't know much about Johnny Eblen, but I know he's 11-0. and 0, So he's definitely a guy who's a prospect. But I feel like we've seen Mousasi in this situation recently where we've seen a few prospects. And Austin Vanderford, yeah. Yes. And the problem is, say it again, 49-7-2. He's had a lot of fights, and he's not really like – he's not like he's an aging fighter where he's really hurting, and he's just like got a ton of experience. 
I don't see it happening. No offense to Johnny Eblen. Maybe I don't know you well enough, but I'm going to go Gegard Musasi. I'll give Eblen a little bit of benefit of the doubt and says he makes it to round two, but he's getting finished. TKO. Yeah, Gegard beat Mark Hunt, so he's definitely going to beat this guy. No disrespect. Uh, he just has all the experience in the world. So why he's fighting, I get I get why he's fighting these 11 and 0 guys because, you know, other he's already beaten the top guys. So right. I think he's going to beat Colin. Or uh, We saw Johnny Eblen beat Colin Huckbody the last time we saw Bellator in December, I believe. Yeah. I think he TKO'd somebody or he TKO'd Colin. So... I mean, we've seen him before, but I just think Gegard is levels, like multiple levels above where he's at and everyone else in the division for that matter. So I think, yeah, Gegard's not going to rush into it. I think third round TKO. All right. And then talk to me. we got a little PFL action coming up this weekend. Yeah. So just I'll just tell you what fights piqued my interest. So Sir Anthony Pettis is fighting Stevie Ray on this card. So yes. we love, we love, I like both guys for sure. Yeah. This is oh, actually yeah. a very good PFL card. So Chris Wade is fighting Kyle Bokniak. Bubba Jenkins is fighting Ronaldo El- Exxon. Exxon. Mm. Lance Palmer and Shaman Marias. I don't know Marias, but I know Lance Palmer. And then, you know, one of my favorite fighters who flies under the radar, Brennan Lochnane. He has a late replacement fight against Ago Husik, who's a replacement for Boston Salmon. So I know we have a buddy who's a big fan of Boston Salmon. So. Oh, yeah. Interesting. A lot of former UFC guys on this card, too. Right. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. Hoping for another great performance from Anthony Pettis. All right. So we got a question posed to us yesterday by Randy Osga, fan of the show. Who are our top five fighters of the year so far? I'll go first and throw you my names out there. First guy that stood off right, right off the page. I didn't even look up at all. Kamara Usman, just consistently one of the best right now in the world. And, you know, maybe I'm not judging this off about what's happening enough this year. But when I think of like just some of the best fighters out there right now this year so far, Usman's always going to be at the top of my list. Charles Overa, he's just been exciting. He's having exciting fights and he's coming back. He's winning and he's in ideally the toughest and some of the biggest names in the world's division. So hard not to include him. Valentina Shevchenko. She just had, you know, one of her closest calls, but she's still the most dominant female fighter in the world, as far as I'm concerned, in her weight class. And then I decided just to mix it up a little bit. I went with a Bellator guy. I'm going to mess up his name a little bit, but you know his story. Yasovlov Mosov. He's the champion, but he's actually over in Ukraine right now. And he's undefeated and he hasn't lost. And I thought, you know what? Take some big balls to do what he's doing. Yeah, uh, respect to him. Yeah, good on him. He'll make my list. And out of recency bias, I decided to put down Yuri Prochaka there. I mean, he's a samurai, and he's your current light heavyweight champ. So, Prochaska, excuse me. I am super surprised we have zero of the same wow. fighters. I don't know. I'm super surprised by that, you know, as we agree on a lot of things. So, I'll give yeah. you my list. I have Brendan Allen on my list. So, he sure. has two wins this year. He's looked dominant in both okay. his fights. So I want to take a quick time out. You went clearly with people who were doing more stuff this year. I kind of just went with who are some of the best in the world. Yeah. So fair enough. You did it the right way. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. And then and I put Patty Pimblett. He only has one win this year, but he's, you know, a giant star. And mm-hmm. he has another fight, a tough fight against Jordan Levitt next month. I think the 23rd of July is the end of uh, – there's a big London card again. I just tell you, too, the only guy I second-guessed myself on – 
was when I went for the Bellator fighter, I was actually the other guy I was going to come. I was going in a complete different direction. I was going to go with Pimblet just yeah. because he's made such a name for himself. This year. Yeah, he he's already such a big star, and he only has two fights. He was a star before he made it to the UFC. So yeah. then I went with Andre Arlovsky because oh. he you know he has two wins this year, and the man's forty three years old. Like the resurgence of his career, I just find amazing. So. Props to him. And I went with Kevin Holland. You know, he, yeah. after having a rough 2021, I think he had two losses and one no contest from that headbutt in 2021. He's come back and he has two wins now. So good on him. And then I went with Tom Aspinall. He only has one win this year, yeah. but it was the main event in the best card, I think, so far this year. And he dominated a former world champ in Volkov. Mm -hmm. And he has a chance to solidify a title shot next month at the end of the month against curtis blade so he's having a great year too so that's my list i'm glad that we had some different stuff for yeah. today. That, was, that was cool so why don't we tell people one more time what they got coming up all right next week huge uh, international fight week july 2nd ufc 276 out of versus cannoneer and we'll get Volkanovski and holloway three and then July 9th, UFC Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus Faziv. And then July 16th, UFC Fight Night, Ortega versus Rodriguez. Be some fireworks. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to Combat Cast. I was going to say we do the work because you don't have to, but that's what you do. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod and then as always please continue to listen to us on anchor.fm google podcast spotify breaker overcast pocket cast radio public all your major platforms if you're following us on apple Podcasts, which we are also on now and youtube please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating it helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week 